fuck up, uh, yeah Yo, y'all bitches sitting over there, turn the fuck up, uh You hear me? Turn that shit the fuck up, Walk yeah Move with the headphones on, nigga Bars will knock your cheek to the opera Sit side of your face, collide with the bass Then it's on, nigga Fuck all that shit you been listening to I've been nice and G-Funk was coming to see me in that visiting room Fact. Look at all the shit that I gifted you And I expect nothing in return I'll body you, fucking bitch Then nothing inside your urn But nobody gave me nothing, homie This is what I earned Now I can wait my turn Or I can fuck the whole industry with my words Raw dog like Usher and let it burn But I chose to take the art in my hands Cause waiting for a record deal was never part of the plan Started writing bars for the gram Cause in my mind I knew none of these rappers stood a chance to spar with your man Fam, I ain't get no advance I ain't get no money put inside my hands I did it for the fans I did it so you could understand Now when you put me next to any rapper I'm way advanced Who got you? Uh, now I see my son's copy in my blueprint Boogie board in my wave Acting like I'm stupid Well listen Duke, I'm happy I could inspire you Just know the day we go face to face I will retire you Fired you Broke control, wired you Expired you Welcome to part two of the NEMS interview. This is episode 45 of We Going In Presents. In this part of the interview, we talk about the nine to five, the independent grind, and why NEMS doesn't need a label. We also go behind the scenes on the FYL branding. We talk about the legendary PH, and of course, the origin of the term Gunther and how to find them. So after this interview, make sure you stream Gorilla Monsoon. Check it out if you haven't already. You can also go to wegoingin.com and check out the links for my books. Enjoy the interview. I've always been curious too, like when you when you're making your rounds. I mean, do you find any like weird or crazy shit that people throw out? Like, what's some of the weirdest shit you found? I mean, it's not as crazy like as people think. Like, I've never seen a dead body. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen a body in the trash. People always ask that. Or um, you see mad mad dead animals. Like I'm fucking picked up a dead cat today in the street sweeper you know what i'm saying like you see shit like that but no great i found the um i got a a, a a chest in my uh i found in the garbage it was like it was nice it was mad good quality um i took it i gave it to one of my boys that do art they cleaned it up you know what i'm saying they put art all over and now it's in the middle of my living room it was there shit is fire that's awesome it's, 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 yeah it's just like it's very, you don't find shit like every day. It's not like that crazy, but they do be shit. But I'm not one of those, like, there's guys in my garage that, but they be taking everything. Like, they be they be taking shit, cleaning it up, keeping it. But I'm not like that. You know what I'm saying? That chest, though, was just mad good condition. I put it on the side of the truck, cleaned it off, and it had my man put art. And that shit is like an art piece now. But, yo, you know what I was doing? Um, there's this dude, Trouble Andrew. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. He, um, uh, his name is the Gucci Ghost. You know what I'm saying? So what he was doing is he was doing graffiti around Bed-Stuy. Um, uh, but with, uh, with his shit was, he would draw like a big Snoopy and then he would put mad, like, mad Gucci shit on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, draw like Gucci. Like, you could Google it. His name is Trouble Andrew Gucci Ghost. So Gucci was going to sue him and it wound up, he became the designer for Gucci. You know what I'm saying? So, just so happened that he was a fan of my music and I ran into him one day and he wound up living in the district in bedside where I throw out the garbage. So 
I, I went to the studio. I got cool with them. Two chains be buying fucking leathers from them. ASAP Rocky, man, rappers be buying like you know. He just put mad G's on it, like Gucci G's, and Gucci hired him, and he became a designer for them. He's also married to that that, that chick Santi Gold. Um, but uh, but I started finding mad art pieces or telling mad people in my garage, like yo, whenever you find like some art shit, bring it to me. You know what I'm saying. And they started bringing me mad shit, and I would just bring it to him and just drop it off to him. And he started making, like, mad ill shit, you know what I'm saying? Mad popping shit. So shit like that, you know? Shit, shit, cool little stories like that. That's awesome. And and the Street Sweeper just sucks up the cat, man? Like, I'm still stuck on that. Yeah, hell yeah. I, I, think it was, I thought it was going to, like, tear it apart, but the cat was dead. Like, a car ran over his head. It was like a full cat body with no head. Like, Dang. the head was in the street. I was like, damn, this fucked up. So I was in the street sweeper driving today and the fucker picked that shit up. That shit just scooped it right up, no problem. And what happens, like, like not 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 being in the city, but I've stayed in, in the city and, you know, seeing, like, lanes having to be cleared for um, the cleaning days. What happens when cars don't clear out? I mean, do they get fucked up or do they, I mean, do they get towed in time or do you have to go around them? Nah, they don't get, they don't get towed. They have, like, um... Like the supervisors for sanitation just come around and give them a ticket. You know what I'm saying? Like a like fifty, sixty dollar ticket, I think, for not moving. But I just if I'm in the street sweep and I drive that shit. I just go right around them. I don't even even if some people be running to their cars like, "Yo, I'ma move," I be like, "Bro, you ain't gotta move." I just go around that shit. I don't go fuck. It's not my block. You know what I'm saying? Like if you wanted your block clean, you would have been moved your car. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't got time to be waiting behind people, man. You know what I'm saying? I do my shit and get the fuck out of there. I got time to be waiting all day. I go right around them. Give a fuck. Keep your shit dirty. I don't give a fuck. I mean, that's a good point, man. You know what's always killed me is on garbage day seeing, because like, like if I run through my neighborhood in the morning, like there's families throwing out bikes and throwing out trampolines and throwing out like all this good stuff that, that other people could totally use, man. I mean, do you see that kind of waste in the city, or is that some suburb shit? Nah, I mean, it's more in the suburbs, yeah, but you also find shit like that. I told you, a lot of guys just keep that shit. They put it on the side of the truck. There's like a little bin on the side of the truck where you could keep shit, you know what I'm saying? People just, guys at the fucking shit, just keep it. There's a whole um, museum. There's one worker in, like, Harlem. He got a whole museum of shit that he's just found in the trash. And he got, like, a lot of shit. Like, he's been working for, like, 30 years. So he got the whole museum of, like, crazy shit that he found in the garbage. I'm definitely hitting that up the next time I'm in New York. Yeah, nah, it's, like, on the top of uh, one of the sanitation garages. It's, like, the second floor. It's, like, a whole room or a whole area of shit he found in the garbage. I think they're doing a documentary on that shit, or they did do one already. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just crazy. And, you know, something that I could definitely resonate with is the song Heavy Metal, where you're talking about just the different relationships you've had, you know, looking at Joey I.E., Riggs going up to Shady, talking to Necro about, you know, getting signed, but then going on tour with him, and, like, the hits and misses, because when I was writing for Hip Hop Game, we had the kind of, a, the, you know, similar things, like, you know, meeting with this label because we're going to do this, or we're going to meet with this website, and and do a partnership or this magazine and some stuff worked out and some stuff, you know, didn't work out. So when you look at those ups and downs in the industry, like how do you look at, you know, 
those those days of of Shady and Riggs or Joey IE or Necro like today how do you how do you put those in perspective I just look at it like you know look everything happens for a reason I truly believe that um some some things are not <coughs> for me to know right at that moment you know what I'm saying but <coughs> let's say I would have got a deal with with Joey IE cuz Joey IE when he hit me is when I first started doing the fight club I was like 17, 18 years old, he wanted to sign me, like, on the spot. This is before um, cell phones. Like, he called my house, and my mom's picked up, and he told my mom, like, yo, I'm going to make your son a rich man. You know what I'm saying? And um, I thought it was was a wrap. I was like, yo, it's on now. You know what I'm saying? But um, at that time, I was on the run. Like, I did a robbery. And I went to, you know, I bailed out and I just never went back to court. I was like, yo, I know they're going to sentence me to do some time. So I was like, man, fuck that. I'm not going back. They can catch me when they can. And that's when I started doing all the Fight Club shit. And I was on the run for four years. So dealing with Joey, when I was dealing with him, I, I met with him a couple times, spoke with him. But then he just, you know, I lost track of him. Like, I didn't hear from him no more. And then I found out later down the road, that he he knew people I knew, and they and he had found out that I I was on the run for that for the warrant, so I was gonna have to do some time, um and I just had you know I was fucking around with drugs and nobody you know he didn't want to deal with that so I respect it whatever so that was that situation that was lost um the rig shit I went to jail I was dealing with them doing the fight club shit and then I got caught and I had to do a one and a half to four and a half years uh. Uh, prison sentence for robbery and uh, that fucked that up but when I came home I had the opportunity again to fuck with them but when I came home I was just back on my same bullshit I was doing drugs and I was robbing people still I was just back on that same same type of shit um, and I look back at it now and I'm just like yo if, if let's say Shady would have signed me I would have ruined that deal about you know my name would have been fucking shit in the industry right now. I would have, or that, that's, that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is I would have got a big ass large sum of money and killed myself. You know what I'm saying? Because when Necro signed me, or what, you know, we didn't officially do paperwork, but we was riding, you know, you know, I was putting out my album with him and shit like that. We did it off a handshake. You know what I'm saying? Necro was, was always good to me. Um, but when he took me on tour, I have it was a two week tour throughout the whole West Coast, Arizona, Cali, Matt, up and down Cali. Um, I had brought enough drugs to last me in my mind for the two weeks. But I winded up doing them shits in like the first three, four days. And I was just out of it, like out of control. Like I, I remember being in, in Muggs' house, DJ Muggs' studio with Necro and shit, and just like being slumped over, you know what I'm saying? Like, and being like a degenerate. And then for the rest of the tour, I was mad sick. You know what I'm saying? Like, physically sick, where I couldn't even, like, function. It was a fucking horror. And it was an embarrassment, I'm sure, to Necro and everybody else that was on that tour. Q Unique was on that tour. The kid Sean Strange, fucking Mr. Hyde. You know what I'm saying? Like, they probably was like, yo, we heard that it was fucked up, but, like, now that we actually see it, like, damn. Like, we ain't know it was like that. So, you know, um, 
everything happens for a reason, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. I look back at those situations, and I'm like, yeah, it happened. What are you going to do? You can't cry over spilled milk. That was then. This is now. All I could do is strap up my boots and keep the grind going. And just, you know, if people's perceptions of me back then was that I'm a fuck-up and I'm a drug addict and, and I might rob you, it's not that anymore. I can assure you that. I can assure you that, that I've spoken to Riggs since I've been clean and I've seen him and met up with him. And, and he knows what's going on. He knows my life, whole life has changed. Necro knows that. Fucking Joey Ae, I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I haven't dealt with him since back then. But uh, <clears throat> everything happens for a fucking reason, bro. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't, can't dwell on the past and be like, damn, I could have did this, could have did that. There's always a reason for it, man. And there's something out there watching over me that I don't know. You know, I don't know what to call it. I don't know, call it God, Jesus, Allah, you know, whatever you want to call it. I just know that there's something out there working in my favor because there's, there's things I did that I should be dead for, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm still out here living and thriving at that, you know what I'm saying? So there's something watching over me. My mom's, I know she prays for me every day. I know that has a big part of it. Um, but like, yo, it, it's, you know. Can't cry about it, man. Just got to keep going on. And there's, there's a reason why that shit didn't happen. I don't know what that reason is right now. But at the end, more will be revealed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, you, you see when at the end of the day, when, when everything is said and done, it is what it is. Like, the, that, that happened for a reason. Fuck it. And do you look at it now, too, like that the position you're in, that you don't even need a label at this point? Or is that still Absolutely. something you would consider? Nah, fuck a label. FYL, fuck your label. Yes. That's how we rocking. That's what we doing, man. I don't need nobody telling me what I need to do. I met with labels that they told me like, yo, you're Puerto Rican and Irish. Um, would you wear a kilt in a video? But first of all, that's not even Irish. That's Scottish. <laughs> and second of all, absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not wearing a fucking kilt in a fucking video. No, I don't speak Spanish. I'm not rapping in fucking Spanish. I'm not saying reggaeton. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck out of here. I don't need no label telling me trying to come up with gimmicks. I don't need none of that. And at the end of the day, I don't need no gimmicks. I know how to self-promote. That Gorilla Monsoon, I feel like it was such a success because of the legwork that I was putting in promoting it. I was, throwing, I was out there with megaphones fucking shouting in people's faces. You know what I'm saying? I was doing all types of crazy shit. That's just like, man, fuck that. Fuck a label. Look, look, look Dave East, first week, 3,000. That nigga's on a hit show on, 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 on Hulu. You know what I'm saying? He's on Def Jam and got the Nas co-sign. And, and he told about this. Yeah, and the Nas feature. And he told about the same that I... Yes. And he sold about the same that I just sold with Gorilla Monsoon. He said, in the first week, he sold 3,000. Gorilla Monsoon did that in like a couple weeks. You know what I'm saying? With no label. And he probably owed a million dollars. I'm not in nobody's pocket. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not a Davies hater. Fuck with him. I think he's dope. But that just shows you like, I don't need no fucking label, man. For what? For me to owe them money for the rest of my career? No. I put up my own money. If a video needs to get done, I'll put the money up. If, if, if something else needs to be financed, I got the money to put that up. What a label is going to give me most likely, I already got in my bank account. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't need to fucking scrounge like a fucking peasant 
you know, for for a little bullshit. Nah, I got that my own. Fuck that. We don't need your fucking label. We don't need your fucking money. Fuck your life. Fuck your label. I I mean I think I think that's perfect. And I, I you know I look at just your years in the game so far. And the way you've maintained relationships with guys in Team Homie like Poison Pen or Swave, but then you look at yeah. like seeing the Griselda guys, you know, like Conway and Benny and, and Westside, like knowing them for years and seeing them, you know, come up. Like, what's it like having those relationships with 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 you know other MCs? And you know, you're working on your stuff, but like, you know, there's there's that level of competition, but I would also imagine there's that level of friendship as well. Absolutely. It's always competition. I always look at everybody as my competition. Everybody, even if we're friends, I always look at like, yo, I gotta. I'm, I'm, I'm a. Not that I got to outdo them. I am gonna outdo them. Um, the, 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 the Griselda guys are fucking dope. What they did is bring an eye back to this fucking real shit. You know what I'm saying? They made that shit mainstream. I, I'll forever fuck with them for that. You know what I'm saying? The one I have the relationship the most with is is Benny, because I would, cause, cause he was the one that, that I met a, a more and hung out with more before, you know, because when they first came out, I didn't know them when Westside dropped that album. I didn't know them. I didn't, I haven't met them. But Benny was like the, 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 the underdog, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody really was paying attention to Benny. Um, and I had met him and then we just started being cool and we did joints and we hung out a couple of times. Um, but yeah, what they did is fucking, Endless fuck, you know what I'm saying? If I ever got love for them, but I'm always trying to outdo everybody, not just them. I'm trying to outdo everybody, everybody that whoever, whatever level of career you put me in, I'm trying to outdo them. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I'm a new artist. I've been in the game this. I've been in the game. Shit, Fight Club was what 2004. Been in the game 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, but seriously, I've just been taking this shit. I was talking about it with my business partner, like when it comes to like putting money up and really, I've been really working hard professionally at this for like the last six years. And I'm just now getting to where I feel like I need to be. Um, but yeah, it's dope to have the camaraderie because people know like when, 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 when the audit, besides that social media shit and all the fake shit, like, like the image that you have to portray when you meet me in real life. And when I meet these artists in real life, they know what it is. They know it's not like, you know, they know it's not like no faking fraud shit. You know what I'm saying? They know like it's authentic. Penn, Team Homie, that's family. I'm not even talking about them because that's like, I look at them like they're my team. You know what I'm saying? Even though they rep Team Homie and Fuck Your Life, I still look at them like family. You know what I'm saying? I've been dealing with them 20 years. Penn has slept in my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's like beyond rap shit. But with the new rappers that's coming out now, when they meet me, it's not like, one, I'm not no Hollywood dude. Two, I'm not no sucker, and 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 or anything else of that nature. So when you meet me, it's just like yo, I don't need nothing from you. What's up? You know what I'm saying? And if I like somebody's shit, I tell them right there. Like I don't, I'm not one of these people that might see somebody and don't go up to them and say, "There's a lot of people in the industry that do that shit." Like they know who you are, but they're waiting for you to come up to them. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that shit. That shit is mad corny. Like you, if you know somebody, if you know who they are, and if you like like what they're doing, tell them. That don't make you look weak. Nobody can outshine me because I'm gonna shine regardless. That's why a lot of people be scared to put people on their features and all of that. I'm like, nah. I put Conway on my shit. People was hitting me for mad long. Yo, you and Conway need to do a joint. I right, am. Yeah, I'm gonna put him on my album. Ain't nothing. 
I'm not scared to be outshined because nobody can outshine me because I'm going to shine regardless. I'm going to shine regardless whether I put the fucking nicest rapper ever created on my record. I'm still going to get my shit off. So you can never be scared to show love and you can never be scared to fucking put people on. You know what I'm saying? Even if they don't do the same for you. You know what I'm saying? So what? As long as I'm putting in the effort, I can't control anybody else's moves. You know what I'm saying? I just could do me. I show love. If I know who you are, I'm going to show you love. I'm going to tell you I like your shit. If I don't know you, then whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be a dick to you. But we, we just be cool, you know what I'm saying? But I have that level of respect. When you meet me, it's not I'm, I'm, It's not about nothing. It's not about nothing funny style. It's authentic whenever you meet me. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel. And when you, when you conduct yourself like that, even if it, other people don't, you can at least look yourself in the mirror and sleep at night. Absolutely. Integrity is a big part of of what I do. Like, I like to, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, music-wise, people, like, music industry-wise, you just keep your integrity. Because at the end of the day, this game, this music game and this rap shit, there's a lot of funny shit going on in it. So there's going to come a point in time where you have to compromise your integrity and your morals, maybe, for something that you want or to better your career. But sometimes you just got to keep your integrity and, like, you know, stand on your shit. You know what I'm saying? You got to stand on your, on, your, on your two feet and stand for what you believe in. That's it. And going back to, to your relationships with other MCs, do you find that, you know, with guys like, like Benny or Penn or anybody like that, like there are certain topics you can talk about just, you know, MC to MC that you maybe can't talk about with other people that, you know, other people just might not fully understand? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like Mayhem calls me like uh, on the regular and, and we just talk about just whatever. Mayhem is a good dude, man. Um when the album came out, he called me and was just like, yo, I like, this album is your best album to date, man. This shit is incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I seen an interview with Benny one day. He ain't have a haircut or something. I just hit him like, yo, yo, homie, you know I got two barbershops, man. When you're out here in, in, in New York, man, come get cut. Because you're your last shit. You're looking, you're looking crazy with no haircut, man. Your beard is coming in. All, you know, I'd be fucking with them. We just, you know, we have, we have talks outside the shit. You know what I'm saying? And for the most part, everybody's cool, man. It's like a... It's always a competition, but everybody still knows we, you know, we in a certain class. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. There's a camaraderie still. There's a camaraderie with everybody still. And when you look at Gorilla 2 and just kind of like, you know, the B-sides, the, the verses that didn't quite make Gorilla Monsoon, how'd you decide, you know, what, what you were going to, you know, what was going to make the final Gorilla Monsoon project versus what you would still give out like instead of like saving it for another project or it just never comes out like putting it together so that fans can can hear some of like that that extra footage well uh, well, uh, well uh, the actual mixtape gorilla 2 um was all my instagram freestyles that i did like i did a series i, I, I did any given sunday which was 10 sundays in a row i did a freestyle I dropped a freestyle every sunday so i just put those just on streaming sites people was asking you know what I'm saying? Um, Gorilla Monsoon, I'm going to put part two out. That's going to be something totally different. But I'm also going to put out Gorilla Monsoon Jr., which is also like 
the songs that didn't make Gorilla Monsoon Part One. Really, I just didn't want to keep it. The songs are dope. It's just I didn't want to put more than like thirteen, fourteen songs. So I didn't want to clutter it up. So I, like I had like a track listing of originally sixteen songs for Gorilla Monsoon, and then like a week or two before, like I had to really, really, really turn it in. I was like, what can I live without? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I play this album right now, what could I live without being there? Like, what is not, to me, like, super duper, like, not that it's not dope, but just, like, it, it, it don't have to be there. We could put it on something else. I just, I want the whole album to be able to be played straight through with no skip tracks. So I was like, there was, there was one, uh, I redid Ebonics, which is dope, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, it's been, I heard like one or two other people do it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, eh. And I knew one of the verses was on the Instagram freestyle shit. So I was like, eh, let me take that off. Then there was another joint, um, I forgot what it was, that we couldn't clear the sample. So I was like, fuck it. Fuck it, take it off. You know what I'm saying? Or not that we couldn't clear the sample. Um, it was like a known sample where the guy sues everybody. So it was like, yo, we can put this, and I shot a video for it, so I got a fucking video just sitting around, like, wasting money. But, um, yeah, this, the, 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 the the distribution people that I'm with, they was like, yo, we can put this out. I'm telling you right now, the guy is gonna sue us. So I was like, fuck. It was a girl song, too. I was like, damn, I could've used a girl song on this. You know, but I was like, fuck it. Fuck it. We take it off. Um, and we just ended, I think, the real monster got what? I think like 13 songs on it. So it, it, it's the perfect length in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really didn't want to really put more than 13 songs on it. So it's like, fuck it. That was, that was the process. Yeah, no, that, that's that's awesome, man. And looking at the FYL brand, how do you update those designs? And do you ever bring the older designs back? Or like once you retire something, does it never come back? Um, I try not to bring it back at all. But if I do bring it back, um, I just don't make it in the same exact colorway, or this like it might be, it might be the same color, but it's gonna have something different on it. So where if I see somebody walking in the street, and they have a certain style, like certain shit on, I know because I'm hands on. I do everything myself. The only thing I don't do, I have my man fridge. He 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 he. I tell him what I want. He puts it together. He makes the files. He sends it to me, yo, that's good. No, change this color. Yo, put this like this. And I, but that's me. Everything, all the designs are me. I tell I tell my man Fridge exactly what I want, how I want it, what color I want. You know what I'm saying? I buy the fucking blank hoodies, blank hats. I bring them to the embroiderer. I have the relationship with the embroiderer. I have the relationship with screen print people and all these other people that, that make the product. I pick it up every Thursday night. I package it up. You know what I'm saying? Everything is me. It's a one-man operation. Only it's, it's, it's Actually, it's a two-man operation because my man Fridge, he's the one that puts everything, digitalizes it, fucking brings it to life on the computer. But, bro, my, my notes on my phone is fucking got, bro, fucking weeks and fucking months worth of designs for the next couple fucking you know for the next couple of years bro like I, I, just, I just see something and i'm like i could flip that you know what i'm saying i could do that a certain way but it's, it's really just all me 
That's really and I, awesome. that's just another yeah, it's just another way to bring out my creativity. You know what I'm saying? Like the rapping shit is is you know always there, but this is just another way. I always liked wearing shirts that nobody had. I don't like wearing the same shit as everybody else. And plus now I'm a three X and some fly shit like they don't make in three X. I'm like yo, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to wear my own shit. I want to wear shit that nobody else got. I want to wear some exclusive shit. But also, I wear shit that's quality. That's why when I make shit, it's not like bullshit quality. Like, I spent a while testing out fabrics or, or going and meeting with other designers like SSUR, um, who's, who's got his own million-dollar operation. You know what I'm saying? And seeing what they use and, and asking questions and getting jerked in the beginning and doing the wrong thing in the beginning but out of all of that, then you start doing the right things and you start finding the right connects. And and then to this at, at present day, it's just like a well-oiled machine, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. And I feel like you probably even have people buying stuff who might not even be completely familiar with the music, but think the design is fresh. That's That that, that, was, that was the whole idea from the jump. That's why, that's why the shit don't say nims on it, you know what I'm saying? Because you might not like me and you ain't got to like me. As long as you, you, you're spending your money and buying the product, you know what I'm saying? I don't care. I don't care if you like me or not. But you're going to like these fucking designs because shit is fire. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, it's just another uh, a way to get my name out. Uh, in the beginning, I was doing graffiti, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, and the only reason I was doing graffiti is just to get my name out for the rap shit. And I just got my name up all over New York City, man. I got fucking arrested fucking thrown through the gauntlet of it. I got arrested like three times in one week. Once they found out I was them, they kept arresting me. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, I'm not doing graffiti no more. Shit ain't worth it to be locked up. You know what I'm saying? For fucking writing my name on walls. But I had, up to that point, I had done a great job with getting it out where everybody was like, oh, who the fuck is this? And then they heard I was rapping and they go look at my raps. And, you know, so this is just another way of getting the name out, man. I've always been a good, like, self-promoter. You know what I'm saying? I always had no promotional skills or good ideas of how to get the word out that this is coming out. And now it's just finding ways to, to do it creatively. That's awesome. And, you know, when you, when you look at, um, the alpha album now, I mean, is, is the alpha album still coming out? Is that something still on your, yeah, no, nah, I'm I, nah, still on my radar. I still, I got like fucking, five to ten joints for that done already but it's just like sitting in the stash and it's not done like i've gone to the studio and did them but it's it's like yo i got the beat i got the hook i got the verses i just gotta go lay them down but that's just not the focus right now the focus really is the scram general shit is next then the l bill shit then the static shit and maybe the vinnie idol shit and maybe at the end of the year alpha you know what I'm saying? Because now I also want to do Gorilla Monsoon 2 now. Because fucking Jassoon been sending me some fucking heat rocks. He sent me the last, he sent me like three beats in the last week. And I'm like, yo, this is these beats are fucking incredible. So I'm like, damn, this kid's fucking flooding me up again. You know what I'm saying? But fuck it. You know. One thing I learned with the music shit is like, just don't rush it. There's no reason to rush. Take your time with it and the quality will come out. And it'll the music will convey that. There's no reason to rush. I'm not on the. T- I'm not on anybody's time schedule. I'm not on like yo, Gorilla Monsoon is hot now. Let me put something. Nah, fuck that. 
Gorilla Marshall is how it is, is because I took my time with it. That shit took like two years to make. Because I didn't rush it. I would do a song a month. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and it came out how it came out. So now it's like, man, fuck rushing the shit. Put the shit out when I want. Everybody is oversaturating the market anyway. You know what I'm saying? So fuck that. Push it out whenever I want. Would you ever go back and re-release or put out, you know, on the streaming platforms like the George Burns Warriors album? Man, fuck George Burns, man. Fuck George Burns. I don't fuck with that kid, man. Fuck him. Fuck George Burns. That nigga put out mad diss tracks against me. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Like, one day it just fucking, he flipped it. He always been fucking, that kid always been fucking crazy, bro. Okay. They fucking, uh, 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 just one day I woke up and there was a diss song and them dissing me. And I look back at my text like, yo, what's, what's, like, what's the discrepancy? Like, what's going on? And the last text that I had from him was on my birthday. Like, yo, I love you, bro. God bless. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this about? So his sister, I was in a relationship with her for like 10 years. I'm not with her no more. So I was like, yo, what's up with your brother, man? He's like, she's like, yo, I don't know. The nigga's bugging out. He works with the devil now. Like, he's doing those, he lives in Florida. Like, he don't even take care of his kid. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, he always been dope at making music, but he never was the promoter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was the one that was always out getting it. And he played himself, because what it boiled down to is for what he told the sister, like, you know, you don't care about me no more. Like, yo, listen, we grown-ass men, bro. I'm not a 17-year-old kid no more. I can't take care of other grown-ass men. And he just felt like I was neglecting him, but what he didn't fail to realize is he did that. He did that. I would never put out a diss track against somebody like that. That's my, that's been my boy for 20 years. I would never. If I had any discrepancy, I'd pick up the phone and call you. So he did that corny shit. Then he took it all down. It's not on the internet, nothing. He took it all down, right? But still, he played himself. And what he did, what he failed to realize is Gorilla Monsoon came out a month later, right? And I and it became a fucking, a, a wild, it, it was mad successful. I would have loved to follow that up with a George Burns album. Like, yo, you think I'm nice? Here's my man, Bang. Some people block their blessings. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 and then once you're done on their time, it don't happen on your time. It happens when it's supposed to. But people always show their true colors, man. That's why I said everything happens for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit breaks my heart. That, that was my friend since 15 years old. 20 years. You know what I'm saying? And just, just to do some corny shit like that for, for nothing, for you to take it down, like, there's not even no real shit. Like, it's just like, damn, bro. Now I got fucking thousands of songs that we did back in the day that I'll never put out. You know what I'm saying? Just because you want to be corny and you couldn't wait. Or you couldn't even be a man and just pick up the phone and tell me what's, what's the issue. We never had problems before. Like That shit came out of the blue. You could have just picked up the phone and been like, yo, Nems, what up? You know, I feel this way. And I would, when I'm at in life right now is to be like, yo, I, I love you, bro. Let's work it out. But like, he didn't even tell me nothing was going on. I was like, what the fuck? So, he did that for a couple hundred views, bro. Like, nobody even heard that shit. Nobody even heard that shit. I didn't respond. I would never respond. I, I'm not into making diss tracks. If I feel I got a problem with you, I'm going to see you in real life. If you're my friend, I'm going to pick up the phone and call you. If you're not my friend, I'm going to see you in real life. Fuck making a song about it. So... It is what it is, man. That shit, that that shit with George Burns. Whatever I got with George Burns, it should have never come out. 
That shit is getting fucking. Yeah, bro. Shit's mad corny. Someone who did always show you love, though, and support was PH, Pumpkinhead. You know, I, I interviewed Swave a couple of weeks ago, and he gave just an incredible story about PH and just how, how cool and generous he was when Swave's album released for Son of a One-Armed Man. When the venue fell through, PH not only found another venue, but made sure that, you know, Swave, you know, made some good money that night, too. You know, looking back on PH and just what an incredible guy he was, you know, how do you remember him and what, you know, PH stories really stand out to you? Man, PH, man, I bet. he was a good dude, man. He was, he was a loving person, man. Like he was, he was a real loving individual. Like he, I always would, would talk with him about like, cause he showed love to everybody. That's one thing I remember about him is that he showed love to everybody, whether they were corny or whether they were, you know, I always would have conversations like, yo, PH, man, why you fucking with this kid, man? This dude is trash. This dude is a fucking bird. This dude is a lame man. Yo, he, he just always gave everybody the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like he always made sure everybody was good. He always made like he always provided opportunities, man. He started that. I don't know if he started it, but he was a big part of that grind time shit. And through grind time, became smack, became king of the dot, became all that other shit. That's what really. But what started it was grind time, and that was PH. You know what I'm saying? Like, he provided an opportunity. He gave, he, he's like one of the fathers of battle rap, if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there was Fight Club and all of that, but there wasn't no leagues. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's his legacy. Besides the Brooklyn Academy shit, the underground legends type of shit, you know what I'm saying? Nah, he's like a father of the whole battle rap community. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, he really was a voice to the leagues, and then he was in there battling too. You know what I'm saying? Like, his legacy is cemented forever, man. In his hood, it's a block fucking called PH. You know what I'm saying? Where he grew up. That's legendary, man, in Brooklyn. You can go there any time, and it's, it's this PH block right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was, he was a good dude, man, that died way too early. You know what I'm saying? He was, he, was, he was a great individual all the time. Every time was a fucking smile. Every time I dealt with him was a smile. You know what I'm saying? And my memories, he lived around the corner from me when I, when I first got clean. He lived around the corner from me and my mom's, man. And, and we just started, we was doing mad tracks. That's what, you know, this joint's on my, on my mixtapes with me and him. We just would hang out, not even do tracks. You know what I'm saying? Because he lived around the corner from me. And uh, just always joking, bro. It was always a good time when you was with PH. It was never no funny style shit. He was another one of those people that, like, you know, no matter what, man, he's rocking with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, those type of people, it seems like, always go first. The people that you don't have to question their loyalty, those are the ones that always, like, you know, go first. And it's sad because we need more people like that in fucking this life. You know what I'm saying? People are not stand-up people like that. PH was a stand-up individual and a great, good, kind-hearted person that loved to laugh and had a fucking beautiful family. And it's sad that they don't have their father no more. Yeah, no, well said. I mean, yeah, PH is one of the first guys who actually showed me love when I started writing and I had no name and hip-hop game was completely unknown at the time. And PH, you, he, he treated me like I could have been, you know, editor of, of the source at the time. So always got love for PH and always just love hearing, you know, about his other stories and interactions with other, with other guys because, I mean, you can't find anybody that's got anything bad to say about dude. Nah, not at all. Not at all. And 
So I've got to ask you this, Nems. You know, um, Gunther has become obviously one of your um, staples. <laughs> Just you know, like the term, you know, fans using it. It's 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 solidified at this point, you know, um, songs like your mother is a Gunther, like just, you know, classic pieces of that discography, you know, how did you come up with the term? Like, where's that term originate from? Uh, Coney Island, man. That was like a, a word that we always were saying in Coney Island. Um, that just like stuck. I, I, like people were saying it in Coney Island for a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I would love to take credit for being the first one to create it. But, uh, it just was a word that was around in Coney Island that we would just call like, you know, like chicken heads instead of like a chicken head or something like that. We call them Gunther's and we would just call it to him like, like, like bitch, you a Gunther, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like playing around playfully, you know, like with, with girls and stuff like that, just on some dope shit. And that just, just, you know, just like Queensbridge got their own language. You know what I'm saying? That was just like some Coney Island shit. That's that's crazy. I mean, but I think you're I think you're helping take it more mainstream at this point. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If 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 I'm no, I, I brought I definitely brought it to the forefront, hundred percent. Um, I didn't create it, but I definitely am, am responsible for bringing it to the forefront. Yeah, that shit is in the Urban Dictionary. Somebody, somebody sent me a link. Somebody sent me a link to that shit, and it was like, oh, you know, like the the reference they use is like, you know, Nems, this chick is a gun, some shit like that. That shit is dope. Well, when I first heard the the Ebonics remix on um, Gorilla Two, I was like, I know Gunther's going to be in here, and sure enough, like you you crushed it, you know, ending <laughs> on it, which I was like, that's a classic move right there. Exactly, exactly, you got to do it. So, you know, for for those who are who are new to the slang or just catching on to to Nems, man, like how can how can folks catch a Gunther and and spot one before it's too late? They all over the place, bro. You don't have to look too far. Every 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 neighborhood got a gunter. There's a gunter right now in Charlottesville, bro. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty gunters in Charlottesville. There's plenty gunters out here in fucking Staten Island. There's gunters everywhere you look, man. You just gotta unlock their gunterism. <laughs> <laughs> gotta unlock their potential. <laughs> I feel like that's a how to book right there. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good idea illustrated version you know full color <laughs> word yeah that's a good idea <laughs> that's awesome man um and last question for you man because you know um this interview has been incredible and just love you know hearing your thoughts on different you know aspects of your life and music but what is your writing process like today and and how do your rhymes really come to life um a lot of it is voice notes now like, I'll be driving, think of some hot shit. Or just even think of a joke. Like, I was joking with this. I had this girl staying with me for the last, for like yesterday and the day before she came out here from Philly. And I was just joking on somebody. And I was like, yo, I'm going to use that in a rap. I forgot what I said. But I put it on my voice note. Like, yo, like fucking, yo, you wear bicycle helmets. You know what I'm saying? Or something. Like, something as simple as that. Or... I could think of a rhyme pattern, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll listen to a beat and be like, yo, four bars, and just put it in my voice notes. And then, you know, I got so many shits I'm backed up on right now. I got so many beats from Scram, from Static, from Vinny Idol, from fucking Jazz Soul, from everybody that when, you know, I have to lock in and 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 and, and write some shit, I just go right to the voice note. I'll press, and yo, I, I said this, I, then I'll just elaborate more in it through the rhymes. 
Um, but a lot of it is my voice notes now. It's like I hardly, like I said, I don't have time to just sit and write random rhymes anymore. So when I write something that's it's more specifically based to like a project or a feature, I love doing features though too because I don't really have to think too much about um, the song structure or the hook. Sometimes I can just let bars go, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, So I like doing features a lot too. And I take pride in buying every feature that I do, you know what I'm saying? Because um, a lot of the features also become like my, my, my radio freestyles because then I know like it's very hard to hear every single feature I do. So I just sometimes, I like if somebody pays me for a feature, a lot of times I'm like, all right, more than likely nobody's gonna fucking hear this song because a lot of people pay me for features that you know they're not really doing nothing with their career they might want a Nemes verse or whatever so instead of being like ah nobody's gonna hear it let me just jot down some bullshit nah I, I put the extra incentive like yo let me body this so even if nobody hears this I still got a fucking uh, uh, extra verse that, in the artillery when I go up to a radio show or something like that you know what I'm saying so uh, the writing process is it's sporadic right now in my life. Because also, like I said, with my cousin's shit, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm really not trying to rap right now. I tell people no a lot now. Like, friends, like, they're like, yo, them, I need a verse. Like, nah, like, right now is not the best time, bro. I'm mad backed up on features and, like, yo, you ain't doing nothing with it, bro. Stop wasting my fucking time. I don't have time to, to, to do shit for a hobby no more. Like, now we in the, now this is the game. It's game time. It's not, it's not fucking play time. I did that. I paid my dues for 15 years already. Now it's time for my dues to pay me. And, um, you know, but my most creative time is the mornings. And when I'm not working, when I'm not working, like my days off, when I wake up, that's like my most creative time. Cause I don't have the, the thoughts of the day on me yet. Cause once my mind starts going, it's, it's like, all right, I gotta do this. I gotta take care of this. I gotta pay this bill. I gotta fucking move this merch. I gotta deliver this. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Ah, million fucking things. So when I first wake up, drink a cup of coffee, you know what I'm saying? And that's when my, 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 my mind is fresh and open. You know what I'm saying? So I can fucking throw on a beat and fucking just body shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what my rhyme process is right now at this current moment. But every time it changes all the time, you know what I'm saying? No doubt. That's awesome. Your names. I appreciate your time on everything, man. Nah, man, I appreciate you, your time, man, taking it out. And, and I, I appreciate your contribution and fucking just the love of hip hop, man. Thank you.